imagine for a moment a life that feels unhurried and unworried. A life of patience, peace, and freedom from the obsession over others' opinions of you. A life of genuine humility that serves without keeping score. A life free from secret sins and resentment. Do you believe a life like this is possible? You can become a different kind of person. Guided by a different set of values. Jesus is inviting you to follow him. Are you ready? Come on, good morning, Go Church family. How you feel? You feel good? Let's go. You look good, by the way. You know, I don't know, I don't know genuinely how many days into the new year you get before you have to stop saying Happy New Year, but I imagine we're only a weekend, so Happy New Year to all of you. It's so great to see you. Some of you I haven't seen since last year. Come on, dad joke. Come on, embrace that. I write all my own jokes, and so what an honor it is to have you here. For those of you in this room, you're at our South Metro Atlanta campus. This is our broadcast campus, and we're honored to have you in the room. And those of you sitting in overflow today, we greet you. We also want to say good morning to our West Side Atlantic campus and our Montgomery County, Maryland campus, and everybody watching online. So whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, whatever campus you're a part of today, we love you here at Go Church, and we greet you. Come on, every campus, can you put your hands together and just clap and bless your happy family, your blessed family. Good. And then if you've been a part of Go Church for any period of time, you know we have a weekly tradition where before we get into the message, we always pause to give honor to the men and women that serve in the military and all of our courageous first responders. And I want to do that today. And you know, in the, in the, the media the last week, our first responders have really been elevated with recognition. Most of you have seen uh, the Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, who went into cardiac arrest because of forced blunt trauma. And then the response of those first responders that began CPR and assisting him. And thanks be to God, that young man is alive. Come on, thanks be to God. But I want to celebrate all of our first responders, all of you that go on the front line. That particular incident made headlines, but all day, every day, we've got men and women that are sacrificing their lives to serve and protect ours. So to all of our brave men and women in the armed forces and all of our first responders, may this moment be an encouragement to you. If you serve, would you put your hand up at every campus? And I want every person to give honor and appreciation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have served, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you so much over here. Come on, five more seconds all the way in the back. Thank you. Maryland West Side Overflow, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for serving. Hey, we're in a, a sacred season here at Go Church. We commit the first 21 days of the year to the disciplines of prayer and fasting. And so we just completed week number one of three weeks of what we do called Deeper 21, a great emphasis on the disciplines of prayer and fasting. We've got all kinds of information for kind of resources rather to help you with your prayer and fasting life through the 21 days and beyond the 21 days. Those resources can be found on the Go Church app. And then whatever campus you attend every morning through the weekday, Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock, and then on Saturdays at 9 a.m., we're coming together for one hour of worship, devotion, and prayer. So if your schedule allows, I would love for you to come out and be a part of that in-person prayer, devotion, and worship time. If your schedule doesn't allow you to be here in person through the mornings, 
please join with us uh, through the 21 days. I've told you this on our first Wednesday night uh, uh, gathering just a couple days ago, but some miracles only come through prayer and fasting. How many of you need a miracle? Come on, you need a miracle. We're believing this year to be the year of God's miracles. So let's go to the Lord with prayer and fasting. Believe Him to do miraculous things. He is the God who performs miracles, by the way. He's not closed up shop. He is still in the miracle working business. Somebody with faith, say amen to that, all right? So let's go deeper in the 21 days. Join with us. And I believe that the Lord is going to meet all kinds of needs. And we're going to see miracles on miracles on miracles this year in 2023. All right, let's jump into the message together. We're doing a series called Deep Change. I'll give you more information and context about that in a moment. But if every person just out of reverence and worship to the Lord and kind of a desire to be focused in on His Word, would you bow your head, close your eyes. I want to take 10 seconds, just create just a moment of reflection and meditation, a chance for you to kind of block out some of the distractions of your everyday living. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit during this prayer time into your heart, into your mind, into this message and this conversation and let His Word do a transformational work in you. Let's take a few seconds. I'll come back and pray for us. All right, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for bringing us together for such a time as this. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit that has met us here today. You promise where two or three of us gather together, you show up. And that's important, Lord, because without you, this is nothing more than just kind of a, a social, you know, kind of gathering. But when you show up, it moves from social to spiritual. And while it's good to have fellowship and community with one another, what we need is life change, deep change, and only you can do that transformational work. So, God, we invite you into this conversation today. I pray that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Give me clarity of thought and mind and speech. Help me, Lord, to share this word the way you've laid it on my heart. And then for those listening, open their hearts and their ears, and may you speak directly to them. Some that are a part of today's gathering, they just need to take a next step in their walk with you. That's all of us, but some, it's a specific next step. And I pray that you would show them that, Lord, today, and they would be obedient to do what you're calling them to do. I trust you, Jesus, and I pray that in this message, you get all the glory and you get all the honor because you are worth it all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the whole church said amen and amen. Can we just take 10 seconds here, put our hands together. Let's worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, church. Oh, come on, somebody clap like he's good to you. Good. All right, I want to encourage you today, and not just today, but all throughout 2023, uh, to really develop a culture of note-taking. And so if you've got a journal, I want you to access that. There's a, a blank message note card and a seat that's near you. You can take that out today, and uh, maybe you want to buy a journal and just journal throughout the year. If you want to use your smartphone and create a folder for all of the conversations that we have here at Go Church, and just access those, you may need to revisit these notes throughout the year, or maybe there's a family member or co-worker uh, that could be encouraged by this message, so please take some notes today, and, and I'll kind of build for you uh, why we're processing and studying this idea behind deep change, and truthfully, a, a really good friend of mine, Jason Isaacs, wrote this book called Deep Change. It was just released uh, November, December, and then Pastor Jason came last Sunday, kicked off the new year with kind of the foundational conversation around, around this book. 
whatever campus you're at today, again on the west side or in Germantown or even here at our South Metro campus, these books are available for you to purchase. So you can stop by Next Steps today on your way out. They'll tell you where to get the book, how to get the book. If we sell out of books, Amazon is selling the book also. And really when you think about this book and you think about like the purpose of, of your life, the meaning of your life, the reason that we're doing the series, we're reading the book, the reason we're even here in church is because of Jesus' response to the question that was presented to him in the New Testament. So they came to Jesus and they said, all right, of all of the commandments in the law, which is the greatest commandment? And here's how Jesus responded. And again, this is the purpose of the book. It's the purpose of why we gather together. It's the purpose of God on your life. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart. I want you to say heart on three. One, two, three. Heart with all of your soul. Say soul on three. One, two, three. Soul. And with all of your mind. On three. One, two, three. Mind. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. How do you do that? How can you have that type of deep change where all of a sudden you begin to love the Lord your God with all, that means every part of your being, not just in your thinking and your emotions and in your feeling, but, but in the depth of your heart and the depth of your soul. How, how does that transformational deep change happen? And I'll tell you, truthfully, it starts with you inviting the Holy Spirit into the deepest part of your life. I think another, another word that you could insert there next to, to deepest or even synonymous with deepest would be even into the darkest parts of your life. Inviting the Holy Spirit to come into the deepest parts of our lives so that we can become more like Jesus. And not, not being like Jesus just in how we act and behave, but being like Jesus in essence and the nature of God. Taking on just the heart of God and seeing people through the lens that Jesus sees people. This is, this is deep change. And listen, we've all got areas that we could be honest about, if, if you were willing, that we would say, we've got to invite the Lord into. Those are dark places, deep places, uncomfortable, uncomfortable places, or even maybe private places that, that you may not even want to admit that you have. But if you're wanting this deep change, then you've got to be willing to say, okay, the change that I'm desiring is far greater than my ability to change. So I have to trust that there is a God greater than my power, that can come to be my savior and my rescuer, that there is a Holy Spirit that can work in me and through me and create this change. I don't want to be the same person I was in 2022. I don't want my relationships to be the same. And whatever fill in the blank you want to put right there, I'm, I'm believing that God wants to change some things. So you got to invite the Holy Spirit in. And then in the book, Jason talks about these four practices. Feel your feelings, face your past, change your habits, Embrace your limits. These really are the next four weeks in this conversation. And I love that he's, he calls these practices and not steps because that means that you've actually got to do these things all the time, daily. Uh, you know this about me if you've been a part of uh, Go Church for, for any Sunday, but, man, I love golf, but I am just not a great golfer. But it's not because I don't know the steps to being a good golfer. I've watched more YouTube videos on, on the steps to being a good golfer than probably all of you combined, and yet... I'm still not a great golfer. So what separates me and my average golf score from like the next level of, 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 of good golfers or great golfers? And some of you might think that it's athletic ability or hand-eye coordination, and maybe it is. But I think it's the fact that I don't practice enough. So a lot of times when I go out to the course to play a round of golf, that's the first time I've picked up clubs since the last time I went out to play a round of golf. And I'm not practicing. I know the steps. 
I know what it takes, but I'll never get there if I don't practice. And so these aren't steps. Steps one, two, three, four. It's not going to work like that. You can't just do, you know, this first idea, feel your feelings today, and then you've arrived. You, you've got to step into these and practice these every single day. Does that make sense? All right, so let's jump into today. Practice number one, we're going to talk about feel your feelings. And then every man in the room just went, oh, Lord Jesus, really? I showed up to church on this Sunday. My wife dragged me here. My mama told me to come to church, and now you're going to be my counselor. And maybe today we'll feel a little bit more clinical or maybe it might feel a little bit more like I am a, a counselor in your life. I think that's okay because there's a lot of truth here. Um, but it is important that we all learn to feel our feelings. And here, here's something you need to know because generally speaking, it, it is us guys that really wrestle with, you know, embracing our feelings or, or communicating our emotions. But every single person, men, women, teenagers, come on parents of teens, every person is emotional. Like every single person is an emotional person. Now, some people, they, they demonstrate their emotions in a way that might be different than how you would display your emotions. But some people are a lot more demonstrative in their emotions. And when they walk into a room, you know what they're feeling. Come on, you know somebody like that? You know what they're thinking because they've, they've just put it all out there. And so they're a little bit more aggressive in their emotions while others are a little bit more passive in their emotions but all day every day people are emotional even even when you get your kid home from school and you're like hey how was your day and they give you the one word response fine good there's still emotions there and and it can become a tension or a frustration when you're on one side of the relationship and you're trying to take that conversation or that dynamic to the next level but the other person the other party is unwilling to feel their feelings and really, the moment that we decide to be unaware, we refuse to be aware of, of our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and, and our beliefs, that becomes a lid on how far we can grow in our relationship with God and how much change can actually happen. And again, today may sound a little more clinical than some Sundays, but there is so much biblical truth to the conversation that I want to have with you. And all day, every day, you and I, we experience hundreds of emotions. How many of the hundreds of emotions do you actually experience on any given day? All of them. Research says that of the hundreds and hundreds of human emotions that you and I feel every day, they can be categorized into three specific categories and into seven primary emotional responses. So there are four negative emotions that you feel every day. Fear, anger, sadness, disgust. There are two positive emotions that you feel every day. And for every one of you, let me just take a moment and just prophesy this in the strong name of Jesus. That on Monday night after the national championship game, every Georgia Bulldog fan will feel the emotion of joy and excitement. Can I get a go dogs from somebody? Come on, even though those of you in Maryland, you can be saved too. Come on, come on over. To the side of the Georgia Bulldogs, right? I hope none of us dog fans feel the neutral emotion of surprise. <laughs> we all have these emotions, whether they're negative, they're positive, or they're neutral. And again, guess what? You feel all of them every day, even if you refuse to admit that you're an emotional person or you don't believe that what I'm saying is true. You are emotional, and watch this, and God made you that way. He wired you that way. 
of the psalmist, David says it like this. Watch this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Another translation of Scripture writes it like this. Thank you because you have made me fearfully and wonderfully. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my conversation with you, I would ask you, when's the last time that you said to the Lord, thank you for making me so complicated? Lord, I just want to pause today before I get my week started. Just lift my hands and say, thank you for making me such a hot mess. When, when have you done that? Look at somebody and say, I'm complicated. Go ahead and tell them. Just admit it. This is confession. And then look back and say, look, I'm a hot mess too. We are all complicated people. You have made me wonderfully complex. He says, watch, your workmanship is marvelous. Do you know that you were created in the image of God? And God made you wonderfully complex with all of your complications, with all of your emotions. And then I don't want to miss this part. He says, how well I know it. How do you think he knew how he was wired, how he was made? Because he decided that he would be aware of his emotions, his thoughts, his desires, his beliefs. This is David here that we're talking about. And lean into them to learn something about himself and also to learn something about the goodness of God, the grace of God, and the sovereignty of God. Now let me just summarize what I'm trying to say with this. You can't keep hiding your feelings. You can't keep concealing your feelings and expect there to be some great change in your life. So I define feeling your feelings, and the book really defines feeling your feelings like this. is I'm just aware. I am aware through my prayer time in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want you to make me aware of how moments in my day, how the different moments affect me internally. So what's the goal? The goal is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the goal of the enemy? To steal, kill, and destroy. So, Lord, I want to pursue you with everything I have. So what is the goal of the devil? To put obstacles in your day to get you off the straight and narrow. So I want to be aware of, of every moment, of every conversation, of every meeting, of every interaction, of every text. Come on, somebody. Of every stinking social media post. Come on. And I want to make sure that the enemy doesn't rob my joy, steal my peace, you know, just jack up my emotions and I respond in a way that doesn't please you and show others that I'm, that I'm, that I'm not an example of Christ. I want to be an example. So, so I want to be aware of my emotions and, and I want you to take control of my life so that I can actually respond in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Instead of how I typically respond. How I typically respond is the old me. That's like the 2022 version of me. But I'm, I'm asking for deep change. Like deep change. So I want you to make me aware of the moments in my day and how that affects me internally. My, my heart, my mind, and my soul. And this is why last week we started praying Psalm 139. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see some key words highlighted there. Again, the goal is what? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So here's the prayer. God, know my, know my heart. Help me with my thoughts. Look into my soul. Is there any offensive way in me there? And then, and then watch. And I need you to lead me. Because if I lead me, we're about to throw fists. Come on, somebody admit that. Like, 
If you, if you try to just control your emotions, we, we always end up far worse than if we just say, Lord, you lead me. Like, I need you to lead me in this moment because I refuse to let the enemy steal again what you're wanting to do in my life. So I'm asking you to lead me. And I'm going to tell you something, and I want you, I want you to know that, man, I, I'm a work in progress. I have not arrived, and nobody knows that better than my wife and kids. And if you really want to know who you really are, ask the people you live with. Come on. They'll tell you. But I'm a work in progress. Now, I've come a long way in my life, and God has matured me, and I've become more aware of some of my emotions and my emotional responses. So I'm going to tell you this, not because I, I'm trying to pretend to be somebody I'm not, but because I recognize my own insecurities. I recognize my own propensities towards doing wrong, towards leading myself instead of letting God lead me. So every day, my alarm goes off at 1.39 p.m., and it's this scripture that pops up on my screen. And this verse has been set as a reminder, an alarm clock reminder, every day for about 18 months now. And no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm in a, a meeting or I'm in a conversation, I'm on the phone, I'm responding to an email, I'm involved in, in, in my, my kids' activities at school, or if it's the weekend and I'm on the ball field, at 1.39 p.m., I don't necessarily stop the moment for everybody, but I stop what I'm doing, and I take 10 seconds, and I just say, okay, in the middle of my day, I'm asking you, Lord, to search me. And I want you to know my heart. I'm asking you to help me with my thoughts, control my thoughts. I go on, and I'll say, Lord, if there is anything offensive in me, I need you to help me because I'm about to lose it on somebody. Come on, somebody be honest. We're human. I need you to lead me in the way everlasting. Why, why do I do that? And not that I've, I've figured it out. I'm still human. I still make mistakes. I still can be, you know, uh, emotionally immature at times. But why, why do I pray that prayer every single day? Because until I desire to become aware of my thoughts and emotions, until I have that desire to say, Lord, just search my heart. Help me with my thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. As long as I become aware of that, Right? If I refuse to become aware, my relationship with God is going to suffer. My lack of awareness and my, my lack of confession will be the lid on how, how, how deep I go in my walk with Christ, how far I go in my walk with Christ. And it won't just impact my walk with the Lord, but it will impact my walk with other people, which is the second greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. How can I love other people when I refuse to even be aware of the challenges in my own heart? Does that make sense for anybody? So, so this is why I pray this prayer every day. And, and Jason said this last Sunday, and, and I've been really sitting on this all week, not because I disagreed with it, but because, man, it wrecked me. He said, you cannot be spiritually mature and emotionally immature at the same time. And I've just thought, man, how often have I tried to pretend to be spiritually mature but in my emotions and, and my feelings and my thoughts, there's so much immaturity. I'm not fooling anybody. I'm not fooling you, and I'm certainly not fooling God. That when I become spiritually mature, then I know that I possess the power of the Holy Spirit to help with the deep change in my life. I just want to say something to you, and I'm not being mean to you. I'm just being honest with you. Out of my own like, understanding and growth and continued growth, stop justifying your behavior on, well, that's just who I am. No, when, when you accept Christ and you desire for deep change, you are a new creation. 
The old you is gone. There is a new you. And the power of the Holy Spirit can help you bite your tongue. The Holy Spirit can help you say words that are kind. My mama always used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Let's bring that rule back. Come on, somebody. But I think a lot of times we just don't want to deal with it. And if you don't deal with it, there will never be true deep change. Let me get my brain works in like images. Like I, I, I don't know why it works that way, but maybe because when I read books, I like books with pictures. Come on, somebody say amen to that. That's good, right? It's like a, here's how I see what I'm trying to say. Like on, on, on your dashboard of your car or all of these different like icons and, and depending on what's going on they'll light up so you know if you need a new battery then the, the new battery light will you know let you know before before the battery's dead or if you need to get your oil changed some of you came to church today and you're like lord speak to me this is his word get your oil changed come on it's been it's been seven thousand miles come on somebody it's time all right um or you need to service your engine soon or 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 you know hey your brakes are going bad. Now, I'll be honest with you, just to show you I'm not perfect. Right now, on the dashboard of my vehicle, on my SUV, is the brake light. It's there. And I'm going to be honest, it's been there. And, and, uh, and it, may, it, may, it may stay there. <laughs> because about November, I took it to the dealership. I was like, hey, the brake light's on. And, you know, I'd like to get the, the brakes changed. They're like, no problem. So I'm, and I'm like, how long will it take? And they're like, well, let's just, we'll give you the price. And I was like, well, I'll just hang out. They brought the price down. I was like, you know what? I'm a man of faith. I believe the Holy Ghost can stop this car. <laughs> and I'm not paying that. <laughs> so I'm going to have to come back, you know. And they're like, you're, you're going to drive without brakes? I was like, Holy Ghost can help me. <laughs> every stoplight, every red light, come on. So I've been driving with no brakes for about three months now. And, uh, but watch, there, there is this warning sign on my car. And it says you need new brakes. The other morning I got in it, and it said, you're an idiot. You need new brakes, you know. But there's a feature on my car. And every time I turn the car on, the first thing that pops up, and it's massive, brakes, brakes, brakes. But there's a feature that I can just hit a button and it'll disappear. <laughs> Ain't got time for brakes. So I just, I just hit the button and it, and it disappears. And then when I, next time I get in my car, it's like, brakes. I tried to tell you last time, brakes. I'm like, disappear. And I just think that's what a lot of us do with our emotions. It's what we do with our thoughts. The Holy Spirit is giving us this dashboard and showing us our desires, our beliefs, our thoughts and our feelings. And instead of feeling them, you're like, I'm not going to deal with that. I don't want anything to do with that. Dismiss. Ignore. And until, I'm going to show this to you again. I showed you a minute ago. But until you desire to become aware of your thoughts and emotions, your relationship with God and your relationship with others, it's going to suffer. It's going to suffer. Now, I'm not making a hard shift here in the conversation, but I want to show you something. The more that you, I know, I'm going to get my brakes done. I get it. I, I hear you, Lord. Like, you idiot. Even a child knows. It's fine. I'm going to get the brakes done. All right. The more that you dismiss those warning signs, watch, and you refuse to be aware of your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings. Listen to me. Everybody look right here. This is why you do the things that you don't want to do. Because you feel a way that you don't want to feel. But you refuse to deal with it. And so you stay stuck in a habitual cycle of bad decisions, unwise decisions, addiction, heartache, and hurtache. Because you don't want to deal with it. I'm going to dismiss the warning. And then you end up going right back into the very thing that you said you would never do. Does that make sense? 
Uh, let me give you this verse here. Uh, Paul said to the church at Rome, he said, and tell me this isn't you and me. He says, I want to do what is good by a show of hands. How many of that is you? Like, I want to do what is good. Some of you are like, I don't know. I really don't know. All I know is I got to get my brakes done too, you know. <laughs> I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong. That's me. I don't want to do anything that's wrong, but I do it anyway. Now, Paul is talking specifically about sin, and get this, watch. I don't think that every emotion or thought or feeling that you have is a sinful thought or a sinful feeling or a sinful emotion. And although he's talking about sin, the book of James does says that if you know the good you ought to do and you choose not to do it, that is a sin. So if you have these thoughts and these feelings and these emotions and you refuse to become aware of them so you can confess them, then that decision to neglect them and just to hit the button to dismiss them, that is sinful. And this is why we end up going right back into an unhealthy relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't, I don't want to go back, but I don't like the way I feel, so I'm going to go back. This is why we spend money on things we don't have. Like we, we spend money that we don't have on things we don't even need. Because I don't like the way that I feel, but I don't want to deal with the root of the emotion and the feeling, so I, I'll just do it anyway. It's why we eat unhealthy and we can't stick to diets and we go back to drugs and alcohol. Because at some point we refuse to feel our feelings. And watch this. Listen, there will always be a feeling before you ever act. In the book, he shows the, the soul structure. Watch this, and I'll show it to you. What you want, what you desire, determines what you believe is true about your life. So desires to beliefs. Those desires, which leads to beliefs, determine how you feel and think about your life. That's your emotions and your thoughts, which ultimately determines what you do. So your actions. So again, watch. Before you ever act, there is a desire, a belief, an emotion, and a thought. And it can all happen in a nanosecond. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, I hope you took a picture because I'm going to touch the screen, it's going to move, all right? So again, before you ever act, there's, there's a feeling, an emotion, a thought. That's why 2 Corinthians says this, and I'm going to blanket this verse over just like our thoughts and our emotions. That we've got to destroy every proud obstacle. Do you see that? That you, you've got to be aware of how you're feeling, be aware of your thoughts. Be aware of the emotions and don't let those become a hindrance that will keep you from knowing God, to growing deeper with God. So for some of you, you refuse to feel your feelings and you wonder why your family feels far away and you wonder why your faith feels so far away. And watch, and then we take every thought and we make it captive, right? We take it captive and we make it bow to the authority of Jesus Christ. We make it obedient to Jesus. So the moment that I get frustrated, the moment that I get angry, the moment that I get afraid, I get nervous, I get anxious, I get discouraged, and guess what? We're human, and that's how we feel. But if you can realize what it is, and you can make that thing bow to the authority of Jesus, come on, you will bow to the authority of Jesus. Now all of a sudden you're, you're feeling your feelings. You're not pretending. Hey, watch. I know I've made a joke over those silly breaks, but I can pretend like I don't need new breaks, but at some point I'm going to crash. You can try to pretend your emotions away, pretend your feelings away, but at some point you're going to crash. 
until you say, Lord, I need you to make me aware because I want deep change. I want deep change. So two thoughts. In every one of the four practices that I'll teach on during this series, I'll give you some like practical application. And again, they're practices, so you can't just do them on a Sunday and then be done. Like if you want deep change, th- these are just things you've got to do all the time. The first one is this. Write it down. Come on, I want you to write it down. You've got to name your feelings. You can never confess your feelings until you give them a name. So on that dashboard of your vehicle, all those illuminated icons don't matter if you don't know what they stand for. And the same thing would be true for your emotions and your thoughts. How, how do you feel? What are you feeling? C- can you name them? And I think a lot of times, and I'll just talk to the guys for a moment, and again, this doesn't exempt women and children. I just, I am a guy. I just think a lot of times, like, we just, we don't, we don't want to name it because of insecurity or humiliation or embarrassment. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to name it because I'm embarrassed by it. Kimberly and I, we've been married 20 years. She's, she's actually teaching a class right now because we do move track during this gathering. So she's there. She'll get to hear this message in, in, in our next gathering today. But she would be able to tell you in a true testimony that I'm not the same person that I was when we started dating 20 years ago. That I really struggled with anger issues. Like I struggled deeply. And until I became confident to name that feeling and own that feeling, give that, give that emotion some vocabulary, I was never able to confess it and conquer it. Does that make sense? So that was a, and I, and I, would, I would look back over the things that I would just explode over. Like, well, my dad was the same way. Well, that's not a good excuse. That's not a good reason. The Lord has saved me and wants to do a transformational work in me. So now watch this. Lean in, not on the screen, but you need to write it down. I'm going to name it. Because then I know that there is a name that is above all names. And when I make that emotion or that thought obedient to Christ, I'm naming it, and now God has given me the power to overcome it. And I'm not going to let that emotion or that thought or that desire or that belief get me off the track of really loving the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Nor, somebody hear this, nor am I going to let someone or something rob me of my joy. I'm going to name it. Let me give you some words to help with, with your vocabula- vocabulary as you name it. Do you, do you feel angry? Do you f- feel fearful? Do you feel sad? Do you feel joyful? <laughs> and I wish I could tell you that I've figured it out, man, and I, I, I never, ever lean into that frustration or that anger again, but that ain't true. Friday, I got ticked off, mad. Now, nobody said amen, and that makes me think I'm the only one, but I, I, know, I know I'm not. I've seen some of you drive on the, on the road, and you, you've, you've got issues out there too. So, My little girl, London, this past week hasn't been feeling well. It actually started the week before, and about Monday or Tuesday of this week, her fever spiked to 104.4. We took her to urgent care, double ear infection, sinus infection, and, 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 and. It's funny nowadays, too, when somebody coughs around you, what do they say? It ain't COVID. I don't care what it is. I don't want you around me. Like, <laughs> COVID or the flu, can you leave? Like, you know, but it's not COVID, but she was sick. Well, about Wednesday into Thursday, she started feeling better, but she missed all week of school, and that's hard. And so I decided on Friday that after our morning time of prayer, I, I'd, I'd run home and get my girls, Kimberly, 
my wife in London, my girlfriend, and I would take them to get a, a, a mani-pedi. Now, some of you that don't, guys, that's a manicure-pedicure, all right? And my goal was just to take them to get it, but when I walked in, London was like, are, are you going to get a pedicure, Dad? And I was like, you know what? I am. And so, so I got a pedicure. So I'm in the chair, and it's me in the middle, and then my girlfriend on this side in London, and then my wife. And, I mean, we're like kings and queens. I mean, they are massaging our feet. And, if, if, fellas, if you've never had a pedicure, be, be secure in your masculinity. It's all right. And, 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 and your feet, they, they nasty anyway. Like, let somebody get a hold of them. Well, well London, who's only seven, while she likes the experience, she's fearful of the tools. So she doesn't like the, you know, the, the clipping and the filing and the buffering and, you know, the ring, 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 ring. She doesn't like all that. And she's like, all I want, and this is so funny because at seven, this little princess who's like seven going on 17, she's just like, all I want is for them to rub my feet and paint my nails, you know. And that's it, lotion and paint, that's it. So because I only got a pedicure, the girls were going to be there a little bit longer. I told Kimberly, I was like, hey, y'all hang out, spend the day. I'm going to run back to the church, study for Sunday. Well, Kimberly gets in the car. She calls me. She's like, hey, I just want to tell you, like, uh, they charged us $50 for London's manicure and pedicure. Now, again, she didn't get anything but paint. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? And it ticked me off. I don't, maybe it's because I'm hangry. Come on, can, I, can somebody testify you on the fast with me? You're like, you know what, I will, I will destroy them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I told Kim, I was like, I'm going up there. I am go-. She's like, she's like, she calls me Jake. She's like, Jake, you're the pastor. Like, you can't just go up there and let them have it. I was like, no. <laughs> it's the economy and defl- inflation. And I, didn't, I told her, I was like, I didn't plan on this. I don't, where, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it, Kimberly? What are we going to do? I was like, y'all don't go to Chick-fil-A today. Don't you drive through Chick-fil-A. We can't afford Chick-fil-A. You go home and you make you a pimento cheese sandwich is what y'all are going to do. Or you know what? I'm fasting. Y'all ought to fast too. We ain't got no money for all that. And she's like, my Lord, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what is wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you say something when you checked out? You just give them the card. Swipe, swipe, swipe. It's what you always do. Amazon this. Amazon that. I'm broke. I can't get my brakes done. I'm going to die on the road because y'all need your toes and nails done. God, why have you forsaken me? I'm lost out. And I know you're laughing, but that's how it was. And she's like, good Lord. I'm like, is he? Is he good? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I hung up. I just hung up. I was like, man, these girls... They're expensive. And if, if, you're, if you're married and you're trying to have a baby, pray for boys. Man, they're much cheaper. Bruce Steele, how do you afford your life, friend, with all those girls? And I hung up the phone. And I told the Lord, I'm angry. And my alarm went off, 139. <laughs> I'm not exactly. Search me, God. I'm not kidding you. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense. He's like, there are, yeah, there's a, there, this is what the Lord said. Yeah, there might be a few things in there. Why did I feel angry? Here's why. And this may, this may not be your response, but I felt like I was treated unfair. I felt like they took advantage of me. And I didn't like it. 
So I didn't like how I felt, so I had a choice. I can go handle it how I used to handle it. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm holy, but there's still a little hood. Can I get an amen from somebody? All right? Or I can say, lead me in the way everlasting. And in that moment, I just said, you know what? I planned on $25 for London. I paid $50. Oh, Lord. Maybe they needed that $25 more than I did. I bless them in Jesus' name. Now, she ain't never getting her toes and nails done. I can tell you that, buddy. <laughs> I'll be painting them, but I bless them in Jesus' Why, why is it, parents, why, why do you feel fear when your kids get on the school bus or they spend the night at a friend's house? Because you feel uncertain about their safety, their protection. Why do you feel sadness? Because some, somewhere connected to that sadness is loss. Why do you feel joy? Because something's happened that has made you glad. Again, you're all emotional. I'm emotional. We're human. But you're at a crossroads where you can say, Lord, I'm aware of the moment and what's happened, and I've got a choice to make. So I'm just asking you to search me. Give me a name for it. That's what I said. Give me a name for why I feel what I feel, because I don't want this to ruin my day. I could have let 25 more dollars ruin my whole stinking day. Or I could have said, you know what? And this isn't in every dynamic or every situation. It is what it is. I'm just going to give you the glory. I want to be more like you. And I'm not going to let the old JC creep in. I'm a new man. There's deep change. But you know what? Have at it. Now, once you name it, now you can confess it. You can never confess your feeling before you name your feeling. Because you, you won't know what to confess. So I'm giving you vocabulary so now you can confess it. And this is what I told the Lord in a real-time example, like on Friday. Lord, I, I got to confess that I am like, I'm angry over something that really at the end of the day, it's not that huge of a deal. So can you give me peace for my anger? Can you give me peace for me feeling like I've been treated unfair? <laughs> it's so silly, but I even said out loud, like the whole world is against me. Because we spiral, don't we? Our emotions, unless you take that thought captive. So I'm just going to confess it. And you can confess your feelings all kinds of ways. You can write them down. You can journal them. You can, you can prayer fully confess through the discipline like lord i'm just confessing this emotion to you you can have accountability people in your life that really uh can hold you accountable as you desire deep change invite the holy spirit in you can get counseling which i'm a firm believer in and well let me let me rephrase that you can get christian counseling if you're going to get counseling it needs to be christ-centered gospel-centered because what we're talking about is not just self-help and self-awareness it's an understanding that, God, your Holy Spirit is making me aware, and it's your Holy Spirit that will do the transformational work in me. Does that make sense? You can get counseling and all of that. But today, just to kind of give you an opportunity to practice this feel your feelings, I want everybody to take something to write with, okay? Everybody, whether you're going to use your smartphone or that message note card or your journal. And, and for a moment here, I just want you to answer this question. It, not out loud, but in a written form. Like, what are you feeling right now? Like, right now, what are you feeling? What, what's the emotion? For some of you, it's rebellion because you're not taking out anything to write with. So, and I'm watching. I'm looking. I see you. I, I see you. Well, I want you to, what do you feel right now? In the middle of whatever it is you're going through, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your day, in the middle of your mess, in the middle of this moment, what do you feel? I'm mad. I'm hurt. My heart is broken. I'm anxious. I, 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 I'm, I feel pretty. I feel ugly. 
I feel valued. I feel unloved. What, what do you feel? Come on, you write it down. You, you get that thought. You, you name it, and then you confess it. And then, and then you're asking the Holy Spirit to help you so that you don't give in to the trap of the enemy that would allow that emotion to take control of you and get you out of the plan of God and the desire of God, which is for you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm just going, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you what I feel, and I'm going to admit it to you. And listen, it can be something as uh, real and overwhelming, like I've got a, a doctor's visit or a test that I'm waiting on, and so I'm afraid. Or it can be, I told Kimberly the other day, and this sounds so silly, but she was like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm so anxious. And she was like, what? About what? I was like, I just really want Georgia to win on Monday night. I'm not kidding you, but that was a real emotion. And I told her, I was like, I can't, like, stop reading articles about a 3-3-5 defense. Like, how are we going to win? Because we're humans. We're humans. But if you don't name it, those things can become a control over you. And then if you're not careful, all of a sudden you, you drift. Does that make sense? All right, here's the final thought, and I'll pray for you. This is what was written in the book, and I loved it so much. Deep change requires that you bring your true self to God, the real you. No mask, no phoniness, no fakeness, no pretension like the real you. Hey, by the way, God already knows you. You may not know who you really are, but God does. You bring your true self to God. All of your feelings, your feelings of anger, fear, jealousy, embarrassment, shame, insecurity, frustration, disappointment, happiness, sadness, worry, uncertainty, unfair, all of it. I'm bringing it all to you. Hundreds and hundreds of emotions. And I'm asking you, Jesus, as I lay this at your feet, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on me. All your emotions, all of your thoughts, all of your desires. Cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Let me ask you these two questions and then we'll pray. So what did the Holy Spirit speak to your heart today? And what's your next step? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. I hope this message was impactful for those listening. And I hope that we adopt this practice to feel our feelings. Campus pastors are moving. Pastor David moving here. But before you leave today, what did the Holy Spirit speak to your heart? For some of you, that's just to accept Him as Lord. Don't wait. Don't wait. They're going to give you an opportunity at your campus to accept Christ here in a second. Don't wait. I'm going to give you my heart, Lord. Or that next step is I want to feel my feelings because I don't want them to have control over me any longer. I desire deep change. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And everybody said amen and amen. Can we seal God's word with a big hand clap of praise? God bless you, campuses.